In November 1988, a movie hit the theaters, and I was obsessed. It was called The Land Before Time. It followed the adventures of five dinosaurs, Ducky, Littlefoot, Petrie, Sarah, and Spike. Not too long after seeing the movie, I got a fish tank. I had five little neon tetras, little guys, only about an inch long, just about the cheapest fish that you can buy. I named them after the characters in the movie, and I loved my little fishies, and I called them by name, and whether or not I could actually tell them apart, I'm not sure, but I was convinced that I knew who was who. One afternoon, I checked on my fish, and to my horror, one of the little guys was floating dead. I ran to the garage where my dad was working and tearfully blurred out that Ducky had died. My dad did not burst into tears over this news. In fact, he was quite dismissive of it, as if the death of a tiny fish barely even registered in his world. Welcome to Death Becomes Her, the mini-cast where we spend five to ten minutes discussing death, dying, and grief from a variety of angles. I'm your host, Lyella Kelly. We're going to get back to the story of Ducky the Dead Fish, but first I want to talk about loss and grief and some of the ways in which we might dismiss or diminish loss. We may diminish the grief of others or even our own grief. Let's start with this basic truth. Whenever someone dies, a relationship is lost and a loss is experienced. All loss isn't experienced in the same way, but all loss does leave a mark. All of us know the pain of grief. We grieve all sorts of loss. Even if you haven't lost a special relationship, we still understand grief. We grieve unmet expectations, seasons of our life, even ends of vacations, all sorts of things. Grief is a healthy part of the way that we live. We've even coined a phrase for lack of grief or for trying to put a positive spin on everything. We call it toxic positivity, which is considered a dysfunctional emotion. Point being, grief is necessary and it is good. And yet, at times, we might find ourselves diminishing someone else's grief, or maybe we felt it ourselves. What do I mean by that? Here's an example. Imagine that a family splits up because the father abuses alcohol and inflicts emotional pain on his family. He makes terrible choice after terrible choice. He ruins his reputation and he fractures his family. Eventually, the man's life decisions lead to his early death. What might your thought process be in a situation like this? Would you feel compelled to support his ex-wife and children in the same manner that you would have had he been an upstanding, loving person? Or would his actions color how you perceived his death? It's easy to let that happen, and in so doing, we might inadvertently diminish the grief of his family, reasoning that this loss will be felt less, or maybe not at all. We may not recognize that a relationship even exists anymore. We might try to compartmentalize the relationship as something existing only in the past. But it just doesn't work that way. 
Even though their relationship was far from ideal, it was still a meaningful relationship. And whether they or we like it or not, loss will still emerge and there will be need for support in one form or another. Dismissing loss as unimportant or lesser can easily happen when we don't approve of someone's actions. Maybe a person was driving drunk or they hung out with a tough lawless crowd. Maybe they took their own life. When we perceive someone as being responsible in some way for their own death, as having made bad choices, we may respond by limiting our support to those left behind. But no matter how a person lived or how a person died, it's still a loss and it still needs to be supported. Don't penalize someone who is grieving because you don't approve of the person that they lost. Those are larger, tougher, perhaps less common scenarios. How might we be tempted to diminish a death under quote-unquote more common circumstances? Have you ever found yourself saying things like, oh, she lived a good long life? Your friend may think, well, yes, she was 93 and she did live well, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to miss her. Or maybe you say something like, he's in a better place now. Great, I'd rather have him with me, thank you very much. Maybe there has been a miscarriage or a loss of a child. Absolutely do not say you can always have another. Or maybe a man or woman loses their spouse at a young age. Don't say something like, you're young, you can always remarry. People are not Legos. You don't just snap another one into place. Do you see how these well-intentioned statements could sound like you're trying to put a silver lining on someone else's grief? Comments of that nature can be exasperating and hurtful. Here's another situation that I think we are probably all guilty of. I know that I am. If I tell you that my friend died of lung cancer, what might be the first thing out of your mouth? My first thought is, did they smoke? Hopefully, I will catch myself before I actually verbalize that thought, but I can tell you, I haven't always been successful. We seem to do that when it comes to disease. We like to make sure that the deceased was doing something bad that changed their fate, something that we can avoid. We ask questions like, was she a drug user? Was he overweight? Was he vaccinated? And then we breathe a big sigh of relief that we aren't making the same decisions and therefore we're safe. And while we're patting ourselves on the back, we've just insinuated that someone's loved one is gone, and if they had just made better choices, they would still be here. So try to stop yourself from doing that. We are all living in a really tough world. I woke up to news of yet another mass shooting this morning. None of us are exempt from grief of one sort or another. It may be close to home, it may be far away, but we are all experiencing it. And yet, sometimes we feel like our grief doesn't matter or is somehow silly or unacceptable. Maybe a beloved pet dies and we chastise ourselves for how deeply we feel the loss. Or maybe an acquaintance dies and we think, we didn't know them well enough to feel hurt. I shouldn't be grieving. At times, we may feel pressure from society to stuff our feelings down. A great example of this was when the soldiers returned from Vietnam. The war had been unpopular and divisive, as I'm sure you know. 
Returning soldiers, they needed support for their grief, but many were met by sentiments that they should have never been in the war to begin with, which was something that most of those soldiers had little or no control over. How it is that we have found ourselves facing grief is mostly irrelevant. It's in the past, and we can't control the events that brought us to this point. What we can control is whether or not we allow ourselves to hold space for our own grief or whether we hold space for the grief of others, whether we understand it, agree with it, just try and hold space for others. Let's get back to Ducky the dead fish. So me and my dad are in the garage, little girl crying about a dead fish, and my dad not quite understanding what I was feeling. Looking back as an adult with a boatload more context, I view the scene very differently. The man in the garage was 40 years old. He'd been a soldier in Vietnam and seen countless traumatic deaths of both friend and foe. He'd lost both of his parents to cancers. He was in the process of losing one of his two siblings to a rare, unfair disease. His experiences with death were much more substantial than my own. So considering all that, I completely understand why he may have been dismissive of Ducky the fish's death. In the following months and years, I too would learn that fish begin to appear pretty insignificant as our losses multiply. All the same, for years, my dad has deeply regretted dismissing my grief. He's apologized several times for not being empathetic on the day when I was feeling hurt. But throughout my years, he's always been there to hold me when I cry. I know the support is always there, even if it's not always perfect. So that's my advice to you. If you do slip up, as you likely will, what with being human and all, apologize for your thoughtless words and validate the grief of your loved one. Let them know through your words, your actions, that whatever they're feeling is okay and you're there for them. Thanks for listening. I'd love your feedback. If you would like to reach out, you can check in with me on Instagram. My handle is leavingwelldeathdoula, or you can find my contact details in the outro, which is coming up right now. Thank you for listening to the Death Becomes Her minicast. Connect with me, Lyella Kelly, at www.leavingwellmt.com. Special thanks to Roman Belov for our intro and outro music. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise.